everybody. Welcome back to another episode of PSA. I am your long lost flaky host, Molly Lee. <laughs> I like how I was like, oh, look, I'm back. Relaunch. Do, do, do. And then between summer and a thousand other things happening in my life, just, you know, but we're here now and that's what's important. So what's happening right now is I feel so bad and am having intense crippling anxiety about it that we're just all going to pretend together that it didn't happen okay so I hope you're having a great summer if you are one of the hundreds of people that are just gallivanting around Europe right now with your mom your grandma your mima um first of all hope you're having a great time second of all no I'm not how dare you how dare you not invite me and that I find out about this um as you're taking pictures in the airport like oh a, a bon voyage see you see you in a few months I don't want to find out about your trip that way. What I want to be doing, my obsessive personality, I want to be brainstorming with you. I want to be giving you recommendations if I've been there before. If I haven't, I want to do a deep dive into Pinterest. I want to do a deep dive into Instagram. I want to find the activities, the seasonal activities, the summer pop-ups that you need to see in that city. I want to be your unofficial travel destination planner okay um and that's for free that's just friendship that's just adhd hyperfixation benefiting you the best way possible i get joy out of it and then i get to be sad on my own that i didn't go on this trip after i've seen all the incredible things while you get to go have fun with your family but the fact that a none of you invited me and b none of you even wanted my input dead to me so I could have a mature response and move on from it. But instead, I'm going to be taking notes and I'm going to be remembering. Um, while you were gallivanting around, I still had a great weekend because it was Barbenheimer weekend officially. So at the end of this episode, I am going to do a little movie club throwback movie review of Barbie and Oppenheimer. So I'm so excited because I have been texting all of my friends incessantly as they watch the movies because we all collectively have so many thoughts. Obviously, spoiler alert, Barbie was perfect. It was wonderful. 10 out of 10. Incredible. It was so much more than I thought it was going to be. I have to stop myself now or I'll end up doing the full movie review because I want to talk about it so much. Um, But something that I have been annoying all of you on Instagram stories about and I'm sorry about that but I developed some I don't know if it was the Barbie confidence if it was because of Barbie and um, after watching this movie if I was just inspired I'm not really sure but you know how there's those girls that see the most toxic red flag man ever and they're like I can fix him (laughs) like give him to me I can fix him I can make him better that's me right now or that was me, except not with a man. It was with transition lenses, (laughs) with glasses, because um, I love attainable luxuries in life. I love to do something that is so reasonable, but feels so luxurious and wealthy and like you are one of the Kennedys, you know? Um, And one of those things to me is having multiple pairs of glasses. And I started doing this a few years ago where I think the first time I bought like three pairs of glasses and I literally would not shut up to my family. I was like, do I look like Oprah? Do I, am I Oprah? Am I Martha Stewart? And they were like, I don't know how to tell you this, but you don't look like Oprah. Um, and that was offensive to me, obviously. But I was like, no, this is like, this is attainable luxury. You know, like I feel rich. I feel wealthy. I feel just like I could take on the world right now. And I've discovered other attainable luxuries that I love in my life. Um, one of them is like, I got customized license plates and I'm not talking about like I didn't put my name on the license plates but I just got Texas Tech license plates 
and I just feel so cool. Like you see someone with custom license plates and you're like, they love their school. They're not embarrassed. They're not afraid to cut people off in traffic and own their school and own that, you know, people are always going to think about their school poorly because of their bad driving. That's me. It feels so luxurious for some reason that I'm like, wow, I just, I feel, I feel wealthy. I don't know why. Um, What are some other things that I consider attainable luxuries? Even the simplest thing, like having a lawn guy, the fact that you can pay a high school or a college kid money each month or each couple of weeks to come mow the lawn and you don't have to do it, like that feels luxurious to me. Like, oh, the lawn man, the lawn guy, oh, the gardener. And they're like, it's not a gardener. It's a junior in high school that is loading up their mom's lawnmower in a minivan. I'm like, I don't care. My gardener came last week. Um, I also love to put my, in my like bar cabinet, I love to put the glassware facing up, which does mean double the work for me because I do have to rinse them out before anyone uses those glasses when I have company over once every eight months. But it makes you just feel luxurious. Like, oh, I've, I'm so rich. I, someone just goes through and dusts those. I don't know who does it. Um, but obviously it's like, it's me. I'm the one washing them. I'm the one that's making it harder for myself. But that just feels so luxurious, you know, like, oh, I don't I don't need to turn the glasses over. I can have them facing upright. So there's so many little things like that that I love. I'm just like, this is scrumptious. This is so fun. I feel like such a rich woman. And having multiple pairs of glasses is one of those. So part of that, I think when I'm already in that mindset of attainable luxuries, I start to just really embrace like, I am better than Martha Stewart. These are my colleagues, Oprah, hi colleague, hello fellow colleague, and that's not true at all. Like I'm obviously a degenerate trashback human being, nowhere on that level, but I get so delusional. You see, I get so caught up in my own brain that I'm like I'm one of them. We are colleagues, we are coworkers in Christ. Like, wow, what a powerful girl girl boss, girl trio, love girl nights with you. Okay, am I painting a picture? That's where my mind goes, right? So, whenever I was like, wow, I haven't bought glasses in probably 2 years. I really want to get some new glasses. I really want to get some other fun pairs. And I was like, how, okay, another level of attainable luxury is not just having multiple pairs of glasses, but having a few chaotic, crazy pairs of glasses that are statements that are way too much bright, bold color. Like you always see someone in a restaurant that you're like, oh my gosh, you're doing way too much. What are those glasses? What what are those monstrosities on your face? Like the glasses are wearing you, you're not wearing the glasses, but I want to be that person. So I was like, okay, I can get, I'm going to get a pair of crazy glasses. Well, then it took a turn because I went to the website. I've gotten all of my glasses for the last three years. This is obviously not an ad or affiliate stuff, but for the last three years, I've purchased my glasses on iBuyDirect, not like the letter I, but E-Y-E, iBuyDirect. And my vision's really bad. Like I'm a negative 5.5 in each eye. And so I was worried about the quality of the glasses supporting such thick lenses, but They have been amazing. I've had no problems with my glasses at all. And again, I've probably had six pairs from them and have never had any issues. So I went on their website and saw that they were having this huge sale, basically like 50% off everything. So I bought seven pairs of glasses for about $230, which if you need glasses, you know that usually one pair can cost you that much money. So I was feeling over the moon. And I think that's what enabled me to make such poor choices. (laughs) I got some crazy pairs. Okay, but I kind of knew that going in. But then something washed over me in such, such a state of delusion, I can't even explain it, that I got that God complex, that savior complex of like, I can save transition lenses. And I'm going to let that statement sit with you for a little bit. 
because this was not a bit, this was not a joke, something in my brain really genuinely 100% thought, I am going to make transition lenses popular. I'm going to bring them back. The functionality enticed me that if I get in the car, like I know prescription sunglasses are a thing, but if I'm wearing my glasses, I'm not going to take off my glasses to put on a new pair of prescription sunglasses. That just, I don't know, that just feels stupid to me. And I know that Whenever I'm wearing sunglasses, I love to take them on and off so much that if I did have prescription sunglasses, it would be such a pain to me because I would have to carry two pairs of glasses instead of just one, which obviously was the point of transition lenses. (laughs) So even though growing up, um, it was a huge comedic premise for me, even like in third grade, I was cracking jokes left and right, just getting an audience going, basically bullying. I'm sorry to anyone that had transition lenses if I like steamrolled you or like threw you under the bus for them, but... It was such a hilarious comedic premise to me about transition lenses. And then I became an ally of the community, or I thought, because I was like, I, the functionality entices me. I'm going to save transitional lenses. I'm going to get some. So I, I looked on the website. I got a pair that had gold frames that looked like sunglasses. They, they genuinely looked like sunglasses when the lens were tinted, when they were shaded. So they came in the mail. I obviously have posted about this on my story and on my feed now, but I'll post more pictures on the podcast page if you haven't seen. Um, I can only describe it as a sinister act straight from the pits of hell itself as a foolish, devilish, punked level Ashton Kutcher joke. Um, These glasses, again, I tried them on on the website as much as you can with the virtual try on. And I was like, slay, go off queen. You're wow. You look so good. They come in the mail. They are, they're too tiny on my face, first of all, but they look crazy when they're normal glasses on me. They are maybe the wildest pair of glasses for sure. The wildest accessory I've ever seen. And for me to say that you guys know how much I love costumes and stupid things to make that claim and mean it that I feel like it's the most ludicrous, wild, like unintentionally funny accessory I've ever put on my body. Um, it's so bad in person. It's really bad. And I went outside and almost like solar charge, you know, like I don't really understand the science of transition lenses besides like when the light touches them, when the UV rays touch them, they go dark. So almost like a solar panel, I just went outside with them on and stared into the sun, um, which obviously didn't help my eyes anymore. But that that wasn't good. And I walked into the garage being like, okay, so even if they look a little funny, not tinted, maybe when it's the full tint, I'll like them better. (laughs) I honestly, genuinely did not think they could get worse. And then they went full tint. And it took, I'm not joking, 10 minutes for them to not be tinted anymore. So I'm just walking around my house like some Robert Downey Jr. red carpet idiot. You know, like, what am I doing? I'm walking around my house and it's dark in here. I'm like turning on the lights. I'm squinting. I'm having to take the glasses off and just get super close to stuff. So it's totally defeating the purpose. And I got them specifically for the car. I was like, I'm tired of not having sunglasses in the car. Um, my eyes are super sensitive. And so even though I have daily contacts, if I wear contacts like three days in a row, my eyes are done for a while. Like I cannot put in contacts the fourth day. They just freak out. Um, and I'm not going to investigate that further. I'm just going to let it happen. Okay. Cause I've been wearing contacts since I was in third grade. So even if I'm allergic, whatever, it's just, it's, it's my choice, the life I'm going to live. Okay. 
So I wanted them specifically for the car. Then I get in the car with these glasses on and I realize, you dumb, dumb girl, dumbest girl in school, what are you thinking? They're not going to work in the car because the windshield blocks the UV rays. So the reason why I got the transition lenses, not only to save them for humanity, but to wear them in the car. I mean, it's not like I have kids. I'm not going to be a soccer mom on Saturdays with transition lenses. And people are like, wow, you're so cool. I thought those glasses were clear when you stepped out here. And I'm like, they were. Like, where am I going to wear these? Where am I going to wear them out? And so then I, I already acknowledge and recognize these are awful. I made a couple videos because I was laughing so hard that I was like, everyone has to see these. And I decided in that moment, even though I hate these, like I've never hated anything before, I'm going to keep them because they're making me laugh so hard that when I'm wearing them, every single time they start to transition, every single time they start to become sunglasses and get a little tinted, it's going to make me laugh because in my mind, I look like one of the country bears. Like, I know what I'm going to look like, you know, Elton John, John Lennon, like I know exactly what I'm going to look like and it is going to make me cackle, like cackle so hard. But then I I wore them to the office because I was like, first of all, I got to show all the guys because they were watching me the week before as I was buying my insane eight pairs of glasses or whatever. So I wore them into the office so we could all giggle. But then when I go to sit at my desk, obviously they weren't tinted in the car on the drive to work. As soon as I step out of my car to walk the 30 seconds into the building, they are a full level 10 tent. So I'm walking down the hall. They, of course, like no one's ever around. But of course, at that moment, everyone was around. And I had to walk into the office with essentially sunglasses on. And we laughed so hard about it, but I just looked so crazy. And then word started to spread and other people came to my office and would literally walk me outside just so we could walk inside and they could watch me walk down the hall with my tinted glasses on. (laughs) But I just like, I thought I was strong enough to save tinted glasses, transitional lenses, but I'm not. Like, I'm not strong enough to save transitional lenses. I gave it my all. Um, Again, I will be keeping the glasses, but it's just going to have to be for bits at this point because it's not for me. I can't do it. Um, I'm, I'm as disappointed as you all are, but it was truly so awful. So I'm excited to get my other glasses and I think they should all be coming in later this week or early next week. And I'll do a little, a little fashion show, a little try on of all the glasses that I purchased. Um, I did purchase one pair from Zenny and I posted pictures of these as well, but they are the, the product is called Miami Nice. They are a Barbie pink thick rimmed pair of glasses and they are the exact opposite of my transitional lenses. The transitional lenses were giving like I'm a muggle trying to fit in at Hogwarts when Guardian Leviosa back away from me, you serpent clown, you know. These glasses, the pink ones that I'm wearing right now, I feel empowered. I feel good about myself. I feel crazy in the best way. I'm like, I just... I don't care what anyone thinks. I love them so much. And these are definitely giving like wealthy woman, again, the Martha Stewart, the Oprah vibes of not just having multiple pairs of glasses, but having these on. I'm like, I'm one of them. I'm a colleague. I could sit at your table and we could talk about the basil that we got from our garden and about our gardeners and I'll laugh. And we could just laugh about the the pasta dish that we tried last week that our husbands hated. You know, like these glasses are giving, I would like a rosé with my Caesar salad at lunch because I'm wealthy and I don't have to work so I can have lunch drinks. These are bring me the check. I've got the the platinum credit card to throw at you. And I'm going to tip you 50% because it's not my money. 
So I've really been all over the place. The highest of high and the lowest of low I experienced in the last 24 hours where it pertains to glasses and the sustainable luxury, but I'm still feeling good. I'm still feeling confident. And so when my other glasses get here next week, um, I, I can't wait to see if the, if any of those are as awful as this first pair, but yeah, I mean, now I still have my other glasses, but those, because I've had them for two years are like stretched out and crooked from getting hit in the head with dodgeballs and all kinds of stuff from youth ministry, but they're all like a little wonky now. So I either every day I'm choosing to look like I'm a poet and I've got a lot of like deep inner thoughts or that I'm the scariest woman you've ever met and that I've got these bright neon fuchsia pink glasses and try to say anything about me to my face or behind my back, I'm going to literally run you over. You know what I mean? Like it's two of the most extremes that I've ever experienced in my life. So I'm all over the place right now. That's, that's the realm I've been living in of the attainable luxury hyperfixations. And I'm feeling like an absolute icon in my Barbie pink glasses that I'm wearing right now. So while we're on the topic, let's just go ahead and transition into the Barbenheimer weekend. Okay. I went, I did the full weekend experience. We did, we dressed up for Barbie. We went to brunch. Then we went to the movie. We had to take a little nap, take a little reset. I, I came back to the house with Mac and let him out and spend some time with him. But then we went back for Oppenheimer that evening. And Barbie was perfection. If you haven't seen Barbie yet, please, 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 please don't read into the reviews that your great aunt is putting on Facebook. Like the movie was so much more than I was even thinking it would be. The plot was amazing. Like the jokes that were in it, it was so genuinely funny. It was one of the best movies that I've seen in years. And I loved it so much. Like I knew I was going to like it. I did not expect to love it. I'm going to be honest. And I loved it so much. And I know this is going to be kind of whatever, but also I don't know what that was supposed to mean. Like, I don't know what that was supposed to describe, but maybe you understand. Um, Every single person that I've seen post a review about Barbie being awful or about it being so cringe or being the worst movie that they've seen in years or whatever they don't just leave it as, oh, I didn't like it or I didn't think it was that great. As much sure as the movie made statements, I think like, yeah, it's kind of difficult to hear about a reality where like in this movie, they basically, the roles are reversed and it's it's presented as like in Barbie land, what is the patriarchy that we understand in the world now? It's flipped on its head because all of the women obviously run Barbie they're everything and he's just Ken. Like that's the whole premise of the movie. So I don't know why people were surprised going into this. I'm like, it's Barbie. What do you expect? But obviously if you've seen the movie, you know that the plot was and the storyline was so much more than I think any of us were expecting. It was genuinely so laugh out loud funny. And I still don't want to spoil anything. Maybe we could have another breakdown in a few weeks after people have gotten a chance to go see it if they haven't yet. But there were there was a moment in the movie the line that made me laugh the hardest was one of the Barbies was trying to describe her feeling of being caught in like this delusional cloud of something that one of the Kens was doing. And so basically she was talking about like how much she was starting to care about these super manly things that she'd never cared about. But the way that they chose to describe it and the joke that they put in the movie was, wow, thank you so much. I was really starting to care about Zack Snyder's extended cut of Justice League 
which if you don't understand that reference, it is worth the Google. I I screamed, squawked in the theater. It caught me so off guard. Like I was already laughing during the movie, but that moment, it was almost like, did they really just say that? Like that line was so brilliant and so hilarious. I was doubled over in laughter. They just did such a fantastic job. There were a bunch of like high school boys that had come into the theater and sat behind us. And you could tell that they were there as a joke because they kept just like screaming out stupid things before the movie started. Or like even as the movie was first beginning, they were like shouting out stupid things. You know, like if you've been in a theater where teenage boys were acting like teenage boys, you understand. Not even halfway into the movie, they had all been silenced. They were all like laughing along with the movie. And at the end, they stayed until the post credit scene. And then they all were like, man, that movie was actually really good. Like, I'm so embarrassed that I liked it. So I sat there and I was like, Barbie is for everyone. It was phenomenal. Like, it was as deep as it was lighthearted and funny. It was as like out there almost spinning the world and its ideas on its head as it was just like honest and real. Greta Gerwig is such a mastermind. You guys know that I love her version of Little Women. It is still my comfort movie to this day. I cannot watch it without sobbing because anything involving mothers or sisters because of my deep attachment and affection to Marf and Lexi, my mom and sister, I just lose my mind. So of course, Little Women, I can't watch it without sobbing. But Greta is such a mastermind. And I am like, I just think like as a woman, I'm so thrilled for her success. Like I sit here and I get giddy about stuff like that. I don't know if y'all get that way, but I'm just so giddy that the Barbie premiere weekend and the opening weekend was way beyond what they could have ever imagined the numbers would be. And I know it's not about that, but just to see that success in such an attainable way just makes me so excited. Like I hope people continue to make movies like that that seem so cliche or seems so whatever and I know everyone just keeps talking about how no one has original ideas but she somehow took something as iconic as Barbie that people should have been like you know we've already had movies about this we've already had movies that were kind of relating to this but the fact that she was able to take an idea and make it so original I don't know how she got Mattel to agree to that script it was so funny they were taking shots at themselves they were taking shots at other industries and it it was just magical. Like I spent the whole time giggling and laughing. And it was one of those movies that as much as I was absorbing and like wanting to remember it forever, I'm going to have to go see it a second time in theaters because I was enjoying it so much. I almost like betrayed my own instincts and just turned off my brain to enjoy the movie. I wasn't like analyzing it. I wasn't trying to remember certain parts of it to be able to talk about it with other people. I was just like a kid again, enjoying a movie. And I love it when a movie's able to do that. So I want to go see it a second time so I can catch every reference and every joke and enjoy it even more. And I just want to see it again. And I don't know the last time that I've wanted to see a movie twice in theaters. I think the last one I went to was Black Panther. I think I saw that three times in theaters. <laughs> so I just, I loved it. It is so worth the watch if you haven't gone to see it. I know I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk about my thoughts and feelings on Barbie. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to share the plot. But <laughs> I, I do. I don't want people to like hear it from other people. I want them to experience it firsthand. So I we can break it down again later. Like maybe we can have people send in their thoughts or whatever. But just from my perspective of going into that movie, it was phenomenal. So switching gears now to Oppenheimer, I was just as excited to go see Oppenheimer as I was Barbie. And overall, I do think Oppenheimer was amazing. I think it was fantastic. Like 
I really love Christopher Nolan's movies. The way that the movie was shot, they were trying to make, you know, usually when you have a true story or a historical story, they usually do it linear. And so even though the movie obviously gives more context for what happened, they do it in a linear timeline because there's a lot of people that can remember those events unfolding or they remember reading about those events in history books or things like that. But Christopher Nolan, just like with Dunkirk, where it's flashing between two different time periods and perspectives and all kinds of things, it was Dunkirk times 10 to where the whole movie, um, it was flashing between like five different time periods, all with 12 different scenes each and eight different perspectives. And as much as like I loved it, I also just sat there and I almost felt overwhelmed at some points because I realized that I would have rather watched that movie at home after it was released to stream because I needed to pause the movie so many times to like Google things or like Wikipedia search something real quick. That's the way that I like to watch true stories. I like to watch movies about those things like that, which I know really annoys people. That's why I don't watch those movies with other people. But most of the time, I'll wait for it to come out on streaming or whatever, because I want to be able to pause it and actually read into what really happened. I want the facts. I want the historical significance. I want the context for what that was, because a lot of times they don't have the luxury or the time to really dive into why something was so significant. But specifically the way that they shot Oppenheimer, I was ferociously confused at three different points in the movie to where I literally like almost zoned out because I was like I like this movie so much and I care about it so much and I knew my parents weren't following I knew they were lost like 20 minutes into the movie and it frustrated me so bad that I like kept getting frustrated you know like I know that's that seems like a really stupid sentence but I was so frustrated that I kept getting frustrated because I was like I like movies are always so enjoyable to me the layers of them breaking them down thinking through like the behind the scenes stuff the information all of it like the whole industry the whole package I love I love diving into I love investigating and the fact that I was so overwhelmed that I just wanted the movie to stop like I know not everyone had that experience and that's great but that was my personal experience also I love Florence Pugh and I'm I'm not one of those people that's going to like (laughs) body shame her or do whatever I don't know if that was her choice or if that was the directors or whoever it was but in sure I went and saw the movie with my parents honestly that wasn't that awkward because I we go see movies together all the time it's not the first time we've sat through something like that so it's not that that's necessarily what was as uncomfortable um I mean I don't like revel in that like it's not an enjoyable memory that I'm like oh just sat next to my dad watching all of that But I just like, I don't understand why the two main chunks of the movie that she was in, the two main scenes that she had, she was naked in both of them. And I feel like at some level, it took away from the dialogue, it took away from the emotional and mental and physical things that she was fighting through as the character that she was supposed to be portraying. I personally felt like it took away from those. So. Just for some reason, I don't know why, and maybe it was because I was with my parents, but for some reason, when I think about her in that movie, I'm not going to think about her performance. I'm not going to think about her character and the character's development and the the tragedy of the, the relational context that she was living in with Oppenheimer and all of these other people and factors. I'm just going to think about how 
distracting it was that she was naked the whole time. And usually if someone is nude in a scene or they're they're presenting that image for like some of the context of either the situation or of the historical significance of that time, like, you know, a lot of times whenever it's a movie that they're showing some level of abuse or something, someone's going to be nude in a scene just to kind of set the tone for it. But usually after a while, they pan up to where it's just their shoulders and their neck or whatever. It just constantly, like, she was just living in that moment. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was live, laugh, loving in all of her glory. And I was over it, to be quite honest. So I, Florence, I love you. So on like, maybe I, that doesn't even need to be said that might stir up some stuff with people that they're like, you're body shaming or blah, blah, blah. Like, it's none of that. It honestly is none of that. It's just personally for me, it took away from the story because I didn't under, like, we understood what was happening at some point. Like we, it gave the context it needed to. And then at some point it was just distracting. It was too much for me. I'm, I'm just being honest about that. So overall, like again, and like I said with Dunkirk, my parents hated Dunkirk. We went and watched it together. Of course, I, w- I was excited to see the movie, but I was also like Harry Styles, the love of my life. And my parents hated it so much because they were like, I don't want to do all these flashbacks. If they want to give the pre-context first, that's fine. And like, they just hated the back and forth. They just want to sit down in the theater, turn their brains off and enjoy and good for them. And then about 20 minutes into the movie, I had the thought, I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to hate this because they hated Dunkirk so much. And about 10 minutes after that thought, my dad leaned over and just said, my God, it's just like Dunkirk. He was so mad. And there were so many points in Oppenheimer. Um, It was like the scenes that chronologically were at the very end that, you know, in the timeline of his life and the story that they were telling, it was towards the end of that. And it was scenes where he was being questioned by this board and this internal board. And it was very much like one-sided against him and that kind of thing. Every time it would flash to one of those scenes, my parents would just audibly groan. And I could see the look of just defeat in their eyes that they were like, oh my Lord, can this movie just end? And my dad and mom both leaned over and they were like, how do they have more questions? How does this legal team, how do these people on this board have more questions or more people to question him about? So I did like Oppenheimer. I don't know if it was because I had the full Barbenheimer day. Like our our showing for Oppenheimer was at like 8 p.m. And we didn't leave the theater until 1130. But it was one of those movies that usually if a movie like a movie time does not deter me at all. I will go sit in a three and a half hour movie if it is a wonderful movie. Um, And I'm not saying it wasn't good. It could have been just because I was tired and had a long day. But towards the end of Oppenheimer, I was like, this feels excessive. It just feels like we could have eliminated a few things. Like his story is so detailed and layered, obviously, because of all of the ways that personally you can interpret it. Um, And I did love that about the movie that they didn't say they weren't trying to prove a picture of like Oppenheimer's a good guy. Like, sure, he made the atomic bomb, but he had a moral disagreement about it as well. And you should feel apathy for him. Like, I think that was kind of the point of the movie is that everyone, because of the way that people were so against him, everyone thought one thing. I think they were just opening up the idea of a different perspective. I don't think it was supposed to be like, we should celebrate this guy necessarily. But we're also obviously at the advantage now of having lived through all of those things to be now years later, decades later, 
to be able to see the fallout of those actions, also to see the decision making and the way that things across the board, how history has progressed. Like, of course, we are privy to all of those things now, so we're going to have a different opinion. But just overall, I didn't feel like I needed to make a conclusion about him. I just really enjoyed the movie, that it gave such detailed context for his life and just a different perspective, not just about the actual making of the atomic bomb, but the science that went behind it, the way that it led to so much more stuff. Like, it was just really cool to me. It was so cool to watch that and to see it. I really enjoyed the artsy side of the way that it was shot and the cinematography of everything. If I were to rate them, I would honestly give Barbie a 10 out of 10. And that I know is a lot. <laughs> it almost seems like I'm just caught in a, a ditzy fairyland about Barbie, but I'm going to stick by that, that I'm giving Barbie a 10 out of 10. Oppenheimer, I will give an 8.5 out of 10. I really liked it. Whenever I watch it at home, I will probably love it. And I will probably break it down into two or three days. <laughs> so that could change my opinion. But if you went and saw Barbenheimer this weekend, please tell me all your thoughts about it. If you loved one, hated the other, if you loved them both, if you hated both and regretted your whole weekend and this is going to be marked and burned in your brain forever as the weekend from hell, I want to know. Also, if you were a transition lens child, I would like to see pictures. Thank you so much. So I know this episode's shorter. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's kind of chaotic, but that's the place that my brain's been in lately. It's like there's so many exciting things happening. Also, squirrel, like transition lens. What's that over there? So anyways, I just felt so stirred and I had the time this week that I was like, I want to record a podcast because I miss everybody. Anyways, I really am doing well. I hope you guys are having an amazing summer. Please, please, please let me know all of your thoughts on those movies. If you wore transitional lenses as a child, I would like to see pictures, you know, like I think though, there's still some false hope in me and some like ridiculous confidence that if we all got together and decided like we are going to save the transitional lens community, the narrative is no longer going to be that sheltered homeschool kids are the ones wearing transitional lenses, that it's hot girls, it's girls that are just out and about mid 20 somethings that are just living a wanderlust romanticized life. I think we could control the narrative if we cared enough. So I'm starting the get transitional lenses challenge coast to coast. So um go get transitional lenses <laughs> and let me know. Okay. My neighbor's dog is barking and will not stop. So I'm going to end this, but I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on all social platforms at Molly Lee 31. Um, the website is up if you want merch. So I really am so grateful for you guys. This is so much fun. I feel so energized and I'm so happy to be doing this. The episodes will probably be intermixed for the rest of the year until I can figure out a routine again. It's so hard as a creative to have a nine to five job and then to come home. And like at some points in your life, it is your savior. It's your saving grace of like, wow, I get to go home and do something creative and something that I love. At other points, it's soul crushing because you can't even have that outlet because you're so like overwhelmed and overworked and tired from having to give all of your creative energy to something else. So that's not an excuse. It's just honest. And instead of like making excuses or always feeling like shame, either I'm mad that I'm having to do this or like, wow, I've really let people down. I'm choosing to release all of that responsibility and just if it's a weekly show, that's great. If it's not, that's great. And I just am so thankful that you guys are there and along for the ride. So I love you so much. Thank you for listening. And I will see you guys again soon. Hopefully. Okay. Love you. Bye. <laughs>